Welcome to Greensburg Baptist Church. We welcome our church family and also our visiting friends. Thank you for coming to worship with us. To find out more about Greensburg Baptist Church, our upcoming events, and other church activities, visit our website anytime at greensburgbaptist.com. I guess I'm on. Yes, I am. Uh, we had a little fun already this morning. Beta and James and I were talking. We said, we don't see them. Where are they? And I said, they're on Indian time. And if you've ever went, you know what I'm talking about because church is a little different there. It's not much more impromptu. Someone may just stand up and sing a song. And I, maybe we should be a little more like that. I know the radio hinders that a little bit, but it's, I think, more like true worship should be. Let me say a few words. I was just asked this morning, so I won't talk too long. I don't have a bunch of notes. But the first year I went about seven years ago, and I heard his story, Brother Jimmy's and Penny's, and then Ashley's come in the last few years. They gave everything. He's a farmer from Kentucky, and most of you know probably how I love farming and being out on the farm and things, and he gave it all up. He gave it all up, like our Sunday school lesson taught us this morning, you know, Christ coming first above all things, no matter what, even if it means your family sometimes, he doesn't get to be with him when he would like to. And he told his testimony there one night, and tears coming down his cheeks and my eyes filled. And I was hooked, and many of you know what I'm talking about. But I want to say this last little story, and then I'll let him come and speak. We had pulled the van there that first year with a trailer, and we had set to go, set to leave, about 5 a.m., dark, and it came, lots of rain. I don't even know if Jimmy remembers this. It poured. The van was stuck with the trailer back then. And he gets the tractor and lays down in the muck and the mire to get us out. And I was already hooked, but after I saw that kind of servant to get down and dirty to get us hooked up so we could leave in that mess, you know, I can I can go and give my week. And, and I hope as you listen to him that if someone here is thinking about going, that this will put you over the edge. We, we'll take two vans. We'll do whatever it takes. To, I hope you'll come. Jimmy, come share. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. God bless you. I appreciate you so much. Am I on? Okay. We, uh, we are so glad to be here. We appreciate you allowing us to be here, Brother Blake. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody that's ever came, everybody that's ever prayed, everybody that's ever gave so that others could go, we don't know what we do without Greensburg Baptist. Uh, I'm so thankful to Miss Karen. She's been with me a long time. I, I have to mention that. Even before she was at Greensburg Baptist, she was at Red Rock and Oto Baptist and now alongside the camp. And uh, it is an honor and privilege to be there. To save time, I was going to have all my kids come up and introduce themselves, but I'm going to do it real quickly right here uh, from here because I'm not up here if it wasn't for my kids. We love these kids. I've, I'm 
as I said, I'm from Kentucky. Today, today would have been the first Sunday I was there 15 years ago. Today, so I've been there for 15 years now. The camps started, uh, we started working on the camp in 2009. I pastored the Oto Baptist Church. We run a place called The Rock. The Rock is a community center in the middle of uh, a big city called Red Rock. Population about 150 or 200. We also minister in a place called Marlin, which is about 10 miles north of us. So God has just blessed us in a lot of different ways. But you've got to hear a name because, like I said, th- these are faces. These are our kids. These are the ones that have put up with me. Uh, these are the ones that go through a lot of mess in life sometimes. But they usually have a smile on their face for me, a hug. And they're the ones that makes my day. And they're the ones that keep me and Penny and Ashley going. So with that... If you just stand up when I call your name, and we'll, we'll go like that. Right here, Landreth, Boy Harrison. He's been called Boy. He was a baby when I went there, and uh, his sisters and everybody started calling him Boy, and I still call him Boy, but that's Landreth Harrison. <laughs> and he is, uh, lives in Pawnee, and he is on the Second Fox in Oto Row. It's his tribe's. And, and maybe many, many more. I might not get all of them. And Kyla, Kyla Warrior. She's 17, uh, and she's a big blessing to us. And she made fry bread last night. She's one of our fry bread makers that we served in Todd in Logan County last night. And boy's a junior in high school, will be a junior in high school too, and she will be too. Noah, Noah Buffalo Head. He's going to be an eighth grader, and he's one of our powwow straight dancers. Uh, maybe he'll do it for you out here in the yard somewhere, but he, he, he does a wonderful job uh, with that. Jamie. Jamie's going to be a ninth grader. She also jingle dresses at powwows. And all these kids mostly play a lot of sports and a lot of ball and all that kind of stuff, and she does too. Thank you, Jamie. Katie Bell. Katie Bell's from Marlin. She's one that we started ministering up there and started coming to church with us, and so was Jamie. And Katie Bell introduced herself the other night practicing. She said, I'm just white, <laughs> when everybody else was talking about their tribes. So me and Katie Bell are just white. Alyssa. This is Alyssa. Alyssa's going to be in the seventh grade, right, Alyssa? And she lives there in Red Rock, and uh, she's been coming to church, and she was just really, really small. D, this is Michaela Bible. We call her D, and uh, she's going to be a junior also, and she's one of the great fry bread cooks that cooked last night for us too. Thank you, D. Then on the end down here is Thomas. Going to be a freshman, right? Thomas is going to be a freshman, also plays a lot of sports, a lot of different things. Next to him is Alan. Alan is going to be a seventh grader. And uh, he also plays traveling basketball and does all kinds of stuff. Beside him is Albie. He's our youngest by two days. He's going to be a seventh grader. He's got two brothers here, too, with us. Noah's his brother and Thomas is his brother. And also we have Nathan. Nathan is the fishing champion at Camp Crossway. He catches the biggest fish and most fish about every year during camp. So Nathan made the trip with us. 
And next to Nathan, I don't know her name, no. <laughs> Marilyn. We're going to, you recognize graduates, Marilyn just graduated from high school last week. Uh, she was on a part of, uh, I'm going to recognize her a little more because she's one of our graduates, but uh, Marilyn, uh, we love her. Uh, she is special because she's a senior. She helped take her basketball team to four state tournaments her whole freshman, uh, sophomore, junior, and senior years, four trips to the state tournament, also plays softball, and is going to go to Haskell University in Kansas to play softball and maybe basketball too, but at least softball. So we're proud of Marilyn. And beside her is Lila, and she was one of our fry bread cooks too. She can do it all. Lila, another one of our fry bread cooks, uh, knows a lot about their tradition. Can you say something in your language? Just, just hello or? She just said that. She's soft-spoken, but anyway, she can speak her language. She can sing in her language, and she is a great, great cook, and she also dances at powwows and everything. Okay. Who am I leaving out? Oh, Cadence. Cadence is Nathan's sister, and she's a joy to be around, and she's going to be in the seventh grade. <laughs> then Kenzie. Kenzie Bible, that's Dee's sister. Uh, this is her first trip with us uh, out to be on mission, and she's going to be in the seventh grade also. <laughs> i get all 15 of you. All right. Then we have Ashley. If you don't know Ashley, she is also from Kentucky, uh, Todd County, where we're from. Uh, she is our camp director. She takes care of all the business end of things and all the, the organization of getting mission teams to come and, and organizing all that. Helps with the youth at church and is a big part of their lives. And then here is my wife, Penny. And she does... Everything, <laughs> from cooking to cleaning to um, keeping the yards mowed to the rock. She, her main part, uh, as far as the ministry part, is doing the rock. She takes care of about three checking accounts or four or five. I don't know. They, they kind of just blossom when they, you just have so many things going on. She takes care of the food pantry, and I don't know what I'd do without her. She, she keeps everything going. So with that, this is us, and we're going to get through this. i got to pick on Marilyn. Marilyn once told me on a mission trip, we were doing some basketball drills, and I, I, I got to hurry, and I was a little slow, I think, you know. This was just about three years ago, and uh, we were doing some basketball drills, and she looked at me and said, Pastor Jimmy, you got to go fast. you got to go fast. So I said, we're going to go fast, and we're going to try to get through this as fast as I can this morning. You know, in thinking about the work that God has blessed us to do, it is, you know, a lot of people don't look at it this way, but here's what I'm going to tell you this morning. If God calls you to do something, it is an honor, and you ought to receive it as a blessing that you get to do something. It is a blessing that I've got to know these kids. It's a blessing that I've got to know their families, that I've got to, I've got, the Scripture is true when it says, if you're willing to leave father, brother, sister, mother, and land. I mean, my, the land that we left was five generations on that family farm with my children. And we left the land. But here's the thing. 
God is faithful. When he says that, you can believe that. Because he says, I'll give you brothers, fathers, sisters, mothers. Some of their, some of their grandmas I call grandma. And aunties and uncles and they're, they're my brothers and sisters now. They're my kids in the Lord, my grandkids in the Lord. And guess what? I left 70 acres in Kentucky and I, we have 70 acres that the Lord allows me to be over at Camp Crossway. He's faithful. And he brought every bit of that into existence. I did nothing but show up. When there was no money, he brought the money. When the land was going to cost $65,000, he, he put an old high school friend that grew up dirt poor and lost his dad when he was young and had many brothers and, and who had done well in Evansville, Indiana in the real estate business. And when we put a post out that God has led us to, to buy this land that was around $70,000, he sends a note. I haven't talked to him other than maybe at a 10-year class reunion, and I've been out a while, okay? And the note said, tell all your supporters that you have somebody that will donate. If they'll, he'll match up to $35,000 for the land to be purchased. I didn't ever call and ask him. He, he knew very little about what we were doing. But he heard God's heart. And with that, that's how the land was started. And from that day on, God has blessed us with everything that is there. People have given. People have. We've, everybody thinks that everybody used to. They used to think everybody that came out to Camp Crossway or to Oto Baptist Church was from Kentucky because they knew we were. But now we've got Missouri folks and Texas folks. Uh, we've got a new couple in Wisconsin, I believe it is, that uh, has, we've met through a connection. And it's amazing when you get out and you do for the Lord, the connections He puts in your life, the people He puts in your life to come alongside that. But we are blessed to be there. But I want to say a few things about the importance of one or the significance of one person. I was saddened here a year or so ago to hear one of our Native American preachers get up in the pulpit and say that he was told by some leadership that the Native American population in the United States is only 1% of the total population in America. And he was told that to have a missionary to, to lead the work in our country over that 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 isn't a significant number. In other words, he said, that's an insignificant number. And that's a person high up in leadership in denominational work. I saw that Native American minister with tears in his eyes. He was told, well, you can go to a white church and preach somewhere. He said, I'm not called to go to a white church and preach. I'm called to reach my people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Anywhere in the Bible do you find that it says 1% is insignificant? Anywhere in the Bible do you see that one person is insignificant? You will not find it in Scripture. Matter of fact, you'll find if you're ever going to reach a multitude, you've got to reach the one. Everybody's busy for the multitudes. 
But if you're not willing to get to one, you're never going to get to the multitude. You say, what are you talking about? In the Bible's a story and, and just a, a very familiar passage. But Luke chapter 10, it's a story of the Good Samaritan. I'll read part of it, but I'm just going to tell the story and part of it. And you can just follow along. It says there's, there was a lawyer. And they put him in, uh, to the test saying, Teacher, talking to Jesus, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, Jesus answers this question, What is written in the law? How does it read to you? And he answers and says, You're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Pretty good answer, wasn't it? Jesus said it was a good answer. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. I tell People, if you want to just make the Bible as simple as you can, here's the two things you do. You love God and you love others. That's what he says. You love God, you love others, and you're on the right path. But we are kind of like the lawyer. Well, just who is my neighbor? Who do I really have to love? Who do I have to show kindness to or grace to or mercy to? Who do I have to really get out there and get dirty with sometimes? And Jesus says, I'll tell you a story. There was a man that was going up from Jerusalem to Jericho. It was a winding road and known for thieves maybe. And they could hide in the crevices. And this man, as he was going, the Bible says that he was what? Beat up. Took him, robbed him, and left him half dead. One, right? Just one. Did that man going from Jerusalem to Jericho, did he really matter that much? Just one in thousands of people that might have made that journey over time. Well, let's see what some people thought about that. And it says, by chance, just, just as he was going, there was a priest was going down on the road, and when he... Hmm, what'd he do? He saw him, didn't he? Didn't say, well, he just maybe glanced that way and thought, well, he's, he's all right. He saw him. He looked at him. He saw the hurt. He saw the problem. He saw what he, his condition was. He was half dead. But the Bible says that what'd he do? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Don't have time for that. I'm religious. There's a multitude of people out there waiting for me. I've, I've, I've got to speak. I've got to go lay hands on somebody. There's a group of people I've got to go help. I've got to do this or I've got to do that. You see, he walked all the way to the other side. He's unclean, maybe. He's homeless. He's just a beggar. He's of a different race. He's of a different color. He's got issues. He's crazy. Katie Bell has a good friend at church. The just white girl over here. He's about a 48-year-old Native American man. His name is Lewis. Anybody here from Greensburg ever met Lewis? <laughs> Lewis is different. I ride in the truck with Lewis a lot, so we have conversations, but I'm like Katie Bell. I don't understand them all. 
we'll be going down the road, and he'll say, nothing at all. I said, what's nothing at all? Nothing at all. I'll say, okay, nothing at all. <laughs> then he'll break out every once in a while. I wouldn't wash them windows for nothing. I don't care if there's a rainstorm, a snowstorm, a dirt clod storm. I wouldn't wash them windows for nothing. We're not even talking about windows. I don't know what he's talking about. I said, what are you talking about, Lewis? He just said, I wouldn't do it for nothing. I said, okay, we're not going to wash windows then. I mean, this, I'm not making this up. You can, <laughs> Penny and Ashley spend a lot of time with Lewis too, so they know. He washed dishes for us at the rock. He comes over. He lives on a little old hut, uh, like a shed. Uh, and he rides most days. If we're going to Red Rock, one of us will pick him up and for his meals and things. He'll wash dishes for us during lunchtime and he'll go soap and water, soap and water, soap and water. The water goes down, the drain goes out, and here it goes. <laughs> But Katie Bell has befriended uh, Lewis. Lewis will be sitting in there at church on Wednesday nights before everybody gets there, and Katie Bell's usually there a lot of times early, and I see them in there, and they'll be talking about stuff, and Katie Bell told us the other night, said, I don't always understand what he's talking about, but she listens. She listens. He would be considered an outsider, people that most people may not have time for. That's what I'm trying to get at is this man on the side of the road to me represents people that are beat up, banged up from whatever in life. But you see, there's another problem. we got a Levite that's coming by. He's religious too. And he, he's, I think if I read right, he, he takes care of the sanctuary in the church. They, they make sure everything's good and right. Religious. Bible says he walks by too. And guess what? He can't use the excuse, well, I didn't see him. Well, we good Christians, we use that excuse. I, I don't see what's happening in the world. I don't see the addict. I don't see the homeless. If I don't look at them, I used to hear people, they say they, when these commercials come on or used to come on about feeding the hungry and doing this, I heard, I've heard a lot of people say, I turn that off. You know why they turn it off? It's hard to watch because they don't want to do anything about it. Because if they watch it, they might have to do something about it. And that's, these guys, they can't use that excuse. They saw the man. And they still walk by. Let me ask us all a question this morning. Who are you walking by? You know they're there. You know they're there. But they just don't fit into your schedule. They don't fit into your lifestyle. They don't fit in because they're different they might be crazy i'm not going to help that people those people we always got an excuse folks it, it doesn't matter we can be the same race and we still say well that, they come from that family oh that's 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 them i would never help somebody with that last name they did something to my family 50 years ago I'm telling the truth. I've been around a while. I've heard it. I pastored a church in Kentucky. Good people. I love those folks. Still love them today. Most of them are dying out, sad to say. But it's always amazing to me how people can talk about other people so much and they got the same thing going on in their own families. I, I used to listen to that. Well, they did this and did that. And I'm thinking... 
you got the same thing going on in your family. Guess what? I've got it going on in my family. What I'm trying to say is we've all been on the side of the road beaten, banged up, and in trouble. Whether it's from sin, whether it's from sickness, whether it's from just the world beating up on us, we've been there. And wonder if somebody didn't stop and pick us up. Thank God, finally a Samaritan comes by. Guess what? The Samaritan was the least likely person to pick him up. He was the one on the other side of racism. He was the one that people didn't like because he was a half-breed. And here Jesus says, of all people, the religious passed him by, but then there was the Samaritan. And when the Samaritan comes and he sees him, he picks him up. He puts him on his animal. He put him in his car, his truck. And they rode to the inn. He didn't just dump them off at the end, did he? He bought them a room, bandaged them up, and left. Is that all he did? He went to the innkeeper and said, here you go, buddy. Put it on my credit card. However long he needs to stay, if I owe you any more when I come back, I'll take care of it. Right? The one. There wasn't a multitude of people. Sometimes we think there's more glory when we get the multitudes. And maybe that's so. I don't know. But folks, if we're not interested in one, I don't know if God's going to give us the multitudes. I thought about it in closing up this morning. What was the difference in this man? between the two religious men that passed him by. There's a word there that's used about him. They all saw him, right? Let's, let's come to a conclusion. All three men saw the man on the road half dead. Two walked by the other side. We don't know why. They just did it, okay? Seeing him, didn't it say there that he had compassion for the man? There's so many people right over here. If they would tell their story, they've got some stories they could tell you that we've walked through together. Losing close family members. Losing a mom or dad to addictions. Having this problem and that problem. But every one of them is important. Just because our little Indian reservation is not, we're not a big reservation. We're a, nobody's ever heard of Oto. Maybe some of you have heard of Pawnee. Anybody heard of Pawnee, the Pawnee tribe? Dances with wolves. That's, that's what I remember from it. The Ponca tribe. Comanche tribe. Sacking Fox. Iowa. They're all out there. And here's the thing. On some of these places, we are struggling and fighting to get people to come in and love on people because it's not a multitude. 
that's not the hot spot for people to come out of seminary to go. I'll just I'm gonna throw it out there. It's not the hot spot for a seasoned pastor to go. Thank God we've got two young men in our church. I still call them young, but they're both in their 30s, latter 30s. Thank God they're somewhere speaking today. One speaking for me at Oto and the other one is filling in somewhere else. Every Sunday they're just about somewhere. We had 60-something Native American churches, just Baptist churches besides the other denominations, in the state of Oklahoma here a year or two without pastors. 60-something. Most of those churches' size are 10 to 20 in size. We have five churches. Not, these are just all white churches. We have five little churches in our community of Red Rock and Marlin put together. On a good Sunday morning, all together, there might be 110 people there. On all five, average about 20 or so. What I'm saying is this world is turning away from church and we need people. We need people that's willing to say, I will go. It doesn't matter if I... Man, there's some faithful elderly Indian men that are going in the pulpit this morning and they're preaching to five people. And one of them is probably his mom or his auntie and the other one's just a, a few... Nieces or nephews or something. But they're faithful. There's some ladies at that church that these kids, some of their grandparents and, and aunts and uncles and elders, that if it wasn't for their family, Oto Church would have been gone a long time ago because there was three or four ladies that held the doors open. But I'm telling you, the one is important. Read your Bible. You're talking about 1%? What story did Jesus tell that deals with 1%? There was a hundred sheep and one was lost. He said what? He went after the one plus the 99 was alright. Right? And it don't even matter. There's the story of the lady with the ten coins. You want to go 10%? She swept that house over till she found the one out of the ten, right? One's important, right? Then there's a story of the lost son. He had two sons. One was good, one was lost. And I believe every day, because I'm a dad too, he went out on that door porch and he looked toward the way his son left, waiting for his son to come home. And God does that for us. God does that for us. He's looking for you if you're away from Him. Because you're important. You're loved. You say, what have I done? I might have messed up. I've had people come to me. You wouldn't want me in church. I've done too much. I've been too bad. You don't understand. I said, come and try it. Yes, there might be some people that won't forgive you, but I can guarantee you this. The Lord Jesus Christ has forgiven you. He shed His blood for us. He shed His blood for the one. And you're one of those ones, right? Today, I just had it on my heart. That, that Indian man with those tears going, I can't get that vision out of my mind. And that word insignificant makes me mad now. I'll be honest. I have to really <laughs> find forgiveness in my heart for whoever said that. And I don't even not, I'm not sure who said it. 
But folks, there's a lot of us that may not say that, but we act that way. And I've been guilty too. If you want the best example you can have, what did God do when, when there was an Ethiopian eunuch that needed somebody to tell him about Jesus? He sent Philip, right? For a one-on-one encounter, right? What about Zacchaeus when he was up in the tree in the middle of a multitude? Jesus isn't there trying to get fanfare and guys look at me. Jesus is looking what? Hey, man, come on down. I'm going to go to your house. He was criticized for it, right? Because he was concerned for the one. What about the woman at the well? Disciples went to get food. He, he hung back, didn't he? Because he knew there was an important encounter with the one. Folks, when you look around, who's your neighbor? Bill and Betty across the street. All the people that look just like you. The little cliques that you might be in, in your little groups. Who's your neighbor? I'm going to tell you something. These kids are your neighbor. The person across the hole, you're in the middle of the state, so it don't matter. You can just kind of go both ways. They're your neighbor. You might be traveling on the road somewhere, and there's somebody there with trouble. You never know what God's going to do if you just open your eyes. But the folks, when you open it, you've got a responsibility to do something when you see it. Well, God hadn't called me to do that. Huh. He called you to love your neighbor. And our love for God is not all it should be if we're not loving our neighbor. Thank you for allowing me to say a few words. Our theme at camp this year is No Outsiders. Ren Collective song. And it says, The cross is the open door. And that His grace is enough. I sometimes wonder where would some people be if somebody didn't step up in somebody else's life because they were important. That's what I've always tried to let these kids know. They're important. I might fail them at times. I can't be everywhere at times. But thank God for Greensburg Baptist that you come and help us to show love. And I want to tell you, the church, the rest of the church, but maybe he's never been out there, they pour their heart and soul in what they do. I want to tell you, I've had a lot of mission teams. Some, at, most are great, but there's some that just go through the motions. They're on an adventure instead of ministry. 
But folks, I want to tell you, and I mean this from my heart, I'm not just saying that to brag on them because I'm here today and I want them to come back or anything like that. I'm telling because I'm, I'm speaking the truth. And Penny can tell you this, and Ashley can tell you this, and these kids, they talk about your mission team that comes out there because they share love. You need to be proud of them. You need to stand with them. And you can come join them. Because we can tell you all day long, but till you experience something for yourself, you don't know what is really going on. I love y'all. Brother Blake, thank you. I hope I haven't messed anything up or timing. We were on Indian time, but we didn't know it. <laughs> we, we thought we was really doing good, but we, 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 were, we were late. And we're glad we could run in and say a few words. And uh, I wish I could open my heart up more and let you know how much we appreciate y'all. But I want to challenge you. Find the one. This is Todd Young with Greensburg Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you've accepted Christ during today's podcast, we would love to hear from you and connect you with a home church in your area. Or if you have questions regarding a relationship with Christ, Brother Blake and I would love to speak with you. Please contact us at the church office at 270-932-4495 or connect with us through our website at greensburgbaptist.com. In addition, you may visit our website anytime to access the sermon videos and podcast of any recent sermon. You may also subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Have a great day today.